Navigation ship. Navigation ship. Navigating the trials and tribulations of race, dating, travel, trauma, and healing as young conscious black women. Hey, it's Stephanie. Hey, it's Ashley. And today we will be discussing listeners' feedback from our Navigating the Spaces We Occupy Part One um, on expectations. So we've heard a lot from you guys about Mm -hmm. having to live up to or feeling like you've had to live up to other people's expectations. Um, And we want to discuss um, that a bit further. So first, I want to open the question up to you, Stephanie. How do you feel about navigating at this moment in time um, based on external expectations? Um, For me, I feel like it's an ongoing process. Like, I can't, I currently feel like I'm currently having to navigate. I feel like my own internal expectations of what I think other people might be expecting of me. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, in terms of, you know, society things, societal things, like, you know, what should I have accomplished at this age as a woman? So, you know, to be married, to have children, to be in a stable relationship, should I, should I be at, at those points already, you know, in my life? Um, mm. So you constantly have that kind of like bombardment, I guess, um, just from the culture around you in terms of the films or the things that you listen to, the conversations that you have regarding what it is that you're expected to be as a woman in society. I think that's definitely an ongoing one. But also I have one just in my own personal decisions in my life. Like I think we've touched this before, like going back to studies as a mature student and the sacrifices I had to make along around that. And mm. what is expected, you know, what's expected age to be when you're studying and, and what you're supposed to be doing and, you know, what, what you're supposed to be investing in. I definitely feel, you know, those pressures still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a case of whose, whose fault do you put, you know, as the, the primary one, you know, which, which uh, who you really living for at the end of the day. So for yeah. me, it's a, it's a, constant battle between of managing that and juggling that and understanding that obviously you don't want to be living your life without any expectations <laughs> like you know walking down the street you know completely naked because you're like you know what whatever I'm just going to do whatever I want to do you know it doesn't matter about what the societal expectations are of my life yeah <laughs> I can just walk around you know naked and be a nudist um yeah. so I mean it's two different two different ends of the spectrum but I feel it's you know it's it's fine to be aware of these things but it's ultimately a choice that you're making I think it for for me a choice that I make every day to kind of push further towards what it is that I want for my life and be very conscious of what it is that I'm pushing towards and what I want and how about you Ashley how are you navigating expectations at the moment um I've always felt um and I think I've said this on the podcast I've always felt sort of beholden to my parents expectations because they put so they well particularly my mother's because she invested so much into my education. She invested so much into my growth. Mm -hmm. She continues to invest in me, to be honest, um, in like helping me, um, when I need, you know, help. And I feel like, you know, I owe so much to her. So I'm like, I want to be a great example for her. And I know one of the things she said to me, probably at a young age is that she wants to build a legacy and that's very common of like first generation like college master's degree educated um black families is like they're like 
legacy, you know, like it's, mm. and because of who my brothers are and they didn't follow what my parents had in mind for them. And I did for a long time. Um, I feel this immense pressure, even though I'm the youngest, um, to create this quote unquote legacy for mm. my parents. But, you know, I'm grappling with that because starting a business, uh, like starting a business, unless like I started a business from scratch, I didn't have, you know, this huge investment in my mm. business. I did have savings, but it wasn't huge. And um, so I'm kind of living this life that is countering what my parents expected of me mm. um so I'm navigating that all the time with like oh I want to be this person that they see of me this legacy but I also need to follow my own dreams and having yeah. to deal with that um is hard but I also know that what is going to make me happy is just exactly what you said of like you know whose life are you really living um and I think that's important to think about, like, you're not living for your parents, you're not even living for your friends, you're living for yourself. So do like, if you're constantly living for other people, how happy would you really be? Yeah. And also you'd be like, kind of like moved, moved by the wind all the time. Like somebody says this yeah. about, about your life and you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I should do this. Someone says this, oh my, oh my gosh, maybe I should go, go in this direction. So actually being steady on the course that you want for you. And it's not to say, I think, it's also not, not to say that you don't value other people's advice or input, but yeah, you can't con continue to be swayed all the time. But one of the other things I think um, is interesting with this, this question is, well, my question to you really is, do you feel others have placed a limited expectation on you um, at all due to your race or gender or just, just in general? Because the, the expectation that you spoke about obviously in terms of your parents as obviously building this legacy to want the best for you, which obviously can be limited in terms of their viewpoint of where it is that they feel you should go. But yeah. I mean, with this question in terms of, especially whilst I was studying, I had this kind of, this notion that I was expected to follow down a certain path as a black woman and that path wasn't in academia. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't really, I guess, necessarily asked to do certain things or put forward in a sense, do certain things, you know, because I wasn't the one who should be expected to go forward in, in that direction. And I wondered, have you had that limited? Have people saw you and placed something limited on you? Or have you noticed that as you moved around in the spaces that you occupy? I definitely uh, have in a way. So old company, I was about to say the name. <laughs> which lawsuit um yeah yeah <laughs> so I, um when I worked for my old company um I definitely felt that because of the way I got my job in um in London um because I was so disheartened and I've always been very honest with people and candid and I was like I don't like Australia. I loved my job in Australia. I loved my team in Australia, but like, I didn't like Australia. I felt like I was drowning there. Mm. Um, I kind of communicated that. And so the boss, my ex boss um, was like, oh, kind of like this white savior, savior moment, I think a little bit and kind of paid for me to go to London to work. 
And I feel like I was expected to be thankful by kind of being, being, you know, obedient to that situation, even though I didn't think he was a good manager, he wasn't good at his job, um, ultimately, and got promoted because he was friends with everyone. Um, Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So um, I think like, like, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I'm not going to go into all of it. But I feel like I was expected to kind of be like, oh, so grateful. Mm. (laughs) And I was grateful, but that doesn't take away that, you know, I'm not going to just take disrespect and being denigrated, you know, in my job when I know that's not the work that I'm producing. So, Mm. um, yeah, I mean, as a black woman, I felt like, you know, oh my God, this white man saved me from this situation. And I was supposed to be like very thankful and happy and obedient to that situation. And that's not what I was at all, which kind of, I feel like backfired on my career in that way. Um, And that was that, you know, like, so yes, I think, I, I think absolutely as a black woman, I feel like we are meant to kind of move out, move through this world in this very seen and not heard way and kind of be this like mammy figure sometimes. It's like, yes, some white man, you know, yes, some white woman, you know, and and get ahead that way. And it has worked in certain scenarios where it's like you kind of go along to get along. Mm. But um I don't I don't agree with that. You know, like I don't feel like I should be doing that. So like for a while, I thought, yeah, the issue was me because they were gaslighting me saying you're the issue. And so I kind of took on a lot of that emotional labor, but um, I feel like in that way, I've definitely moved past um, what is expected of me as a black woman. I can do whatever I want to do. And I kind of feel that. Um, But I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, could you expound a little more about like how you how people expected things of you in the academic space? Yeah, well, I feel I had a very, let me go back to my high school experience quickly so that I can understand the contrast of where I was coming from. So during my primary and my high school experience, I had what I remember of my teachers is that they had high expectations of me. Um, I mean, they were able, they did what, te- they did what teachers did. They were able to mm. see my potential um, and I had generally a positive experience in terms of my engagement with teachers in general, apart from yeah. a few, but I won't go into them. But I mean, the ones that impacted me in a positive sense, they saw past what I, what I could see of myself. And I was told, oh, you're, you're getting A in maths, you're, you're, get, you're going to get like, you know, an A in this subject. And I was like, oh, mm. really? This teacher must be crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, obviously they lost the plot, but whatever. <laughs> But then I just studied really hard and, you know, I wasn't, you know, they, they, they didn't tell me that I was less than and I, and I exceeded my expectations, you know, stuff like that. But then when I went to, I guess, into the higher education in terms of uni- the university academic space, um, it wasn't that, you know, I didn't have necessarily that same experience, that same experience. I did have some very good um, tutors and some very good uh, lecturers and teachers and stuff like that. But I mean, in general, um, you kind of, there's a notion of whose voice really matters and what somebody says matters and what is validated. 
um, we touched a bit on one of my major papers that I was writing on, and I drew in a lot of critical literature, like from feminist, um, some critical race theorists, and those viewpoints were not validated as much. They were not mm. considered as, you know, uh, standard um, and were given less weight to. Whereas if I stuck to the mainstream or if I stuck to the main, the, the main discussions, um, my work would have been seen more favorably. Um, and that's basically kind of, it's such an exclusive space that voices like mine or people like people like me within those spaces are yeah. not given the same level of weight. Like for instance, when I was even applying to do my PhD, I was mm. told before even anybody even saw my academic credentials, you know, I said, I want to do this on, you know, black women, blah, blah, da, da, da. It's very clear that I was a black woman. It was like, yeah. oh, well, are you sure you, you should be doing this? It's really like competitive. Or maybe you should wait mm. till next year. You know, maybe you, yeah. should, you, know, you, you shouldn't put yourself forward. Um, and it was all about like who you know. And I didn't know, you know, a certain professor. I haven't been smoothing that a professor for 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 years to get to yeah. uh, to get an opportunity that's open to everybody, um, but it was very much seen. You know, I was very conscious of the fact that as a black woman, I was out of place, um, and I wasn't necessarily. If people ask me what it is that I'm going to be doing next, it wasn't that they thought I would be doing a PhD. The things that was yeah. offered to me was something that was outside the realm of, of academia. Yeah. Um, so it was it was whereas other people they would be like oh why don't you publish your paper or why don't you go further into this um and towards me it was a very different sort of expectation or thing that they placed upon me which was very limiting and I really had to push past that to be like no I want to do this and I can do this mm. and your opinion of me is not going to limit me from from doing that and what it is that you expect me to do isn't going to limit me from doing that so yeah, yeah that's why I asked that question but <laughs> Yeah. I feel like you have so many things as a black person because you have obviously the expectations of your of your family or friends, which generally hopefully should be good expectation, yeah. um, which also is limited in a sense because it kind of limits you to what they think that you should be doing. And sometimes that isn't always what you want to do. And then you have the expectation of society, yeah. not only as a woman, but also as a black woman, which often pushes mm. you into certain roles um, that is not necessarily as aspirational um, or may not be what it is that you want to do. Um, but anyway, on that note, <laughs> was there anything else you want to, you wanted to ask or point you wanted to add before we turn it to our listeners? Yeah, I think like as black women or definitely when I was growing up, like my parents told me, oh, when you're black, um, they didn't kind of cover being a woman, but like when you're black, you have to work 10 times, sometimes a hundred times harder, but you, through your hard work, you will get to where you need to be. And I think that's why, even though, you know, I had these instances where, um, white people, particularly and even there was an incident in high school where a teacher got mad because I called her a bitch, which I shouldn't have done. And she was like, well, what if I called you a nigger? Um, and I think she expected me to, to kind of roll over and be shocked, but no, I told my mother and 
Um, my mother is not the one to play with her children. So <laughs> she, mm. when she handled it, sort of speak, but like, um, uh, yeah, but in that instance, what it told me is that like, I feel like society thinks like what uh, particularly um, black people should, you know, some or black women particularly should be in this situation of kind of knowing, you know, being very obedient or being very like, kind of keeping our person silent um, to make room for white people because we're too loud or we're too boisterous or whatever. And I received that at work as well. And I say all this to say like, because my parents were very adamant, like don't let that stop you. I feel like as a black woman, I never saw black being black, being woman limiting. Mm. Um, so I never had that as like, oh, I'm expected to do this as a black woman. So I mm. think like that is really powerful. And I hope, you know, I know people with children listen to this podcast that like, even if you're, if your child's black or if your child, you know, if your child's a woman or, you know, identifies as a woman, I think it's like, we need to kind of say like, it nothing can limit us because when we're truly in our power which i'm really starting to understand now for other reasons um we we are limitless um so it doesn't even matter about expectations anymore because that belief is already established for us um so yeah yeah i think that's pretty important but i do think expectations matter in in a sense i mean for those who hold the power so for instance, say you have a, you know, what, I, what from my experience, I had somebody who had power, over, who hold, held power over me within the academic space, mm. who saw me as a black woman and saw my potential as at a level one mm. um, and judged me on that and, yeah. and uh, looked at my work with, with that expectation that, oh, she's not, she's not going to achieve anything higher than that anyway. Mm. Um, and there's the thing about I think racism sexism all of that is that it's these people hold power with their racial bias and that is that results in a racist act like if I think there's the part of it where it's like you can hold that you're not limited based on your race and your your gender and you you can grow up knowing that but you also need to be conscious that other people Mm. are going to act in a certain way and you have to fight really because if you're not aware of that, you'll think, oh, okay, maybe I, I deserve that low grade, or maybe I don't deserve that promotion, or maybe, you know, um, I, you know, I'm not a good person because, because all these people are not matching with me, you know, on the team, you know, and these things can eat in and you have to fight. And I think it's a balance of, of the two, you know, balancing expectations that, that as we come to at the beginning, balance expectations within ourselves and learning to juggle mm. that on a day-to-day basis, but also yeah. understanding how other people's expectations and can limit you because they hold that power and knowing how to fight for that, I think. Um, yeah. so on that note, <laughs> um, so our question to our listeners today is, um, how are you best navigating other people's expectations over your life? And also, do you feel others have placed a limited expectation on you due to your race or and your gender? We'll love to hear about any of these things and really dive in deeper onto those things as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Cool. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Bye. Bye.
Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and do not represent or are connected to any persons, institutions, organizations or companies unless explicitly stated.